0: Chris Kiefer. Welcome to another episode. Thank you for joining me once again on this new week. Hope you guys are doing well out there. This is the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com, Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and Race Tech. It is the show you come to listen to to hear all about dirt bikes, parts, accessories, everything. That we test over here, we will chat about. And if we don't chat about it here, of course we can chat about it over email. That's the beauty of Kiefer Ink testing. Chris at KieferIncTesting.com And we will try to do our best to answer your questions as long as they are not lame. Because there are all some lame freaking questions out there. Thank you Rocky Mountain. RockyMountainATVMC.com is... The trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, dual-sport bikes, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free 3-day shipping over $75. It's easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the premier shopping destination for all of us out there. If you guys haven't checked out RockyMountainATVMC.com YouTube channel, do it. I do some videos over there from time to time, some how to some tips, some tricks, uh, technique videos, even some videos to do with ladies. That's right. Everything over there, check them out, RockyMountainATVMC.com, YouTube channel, FlyRacing, FlyRacing.com. Summer camp's coming next week. I am up in Idaho. Can't wait for that. Going to be riding with the new 2020 Fly Racing gear and, of course, Washugal. Will be not this weekend, next weekend. And, of course, we are having a Portland live show. I will be wearing Fly Racing's gear on the show. I might just wear the... I I think I will do that. I think I'm going to wear the 2020 line of gear on the show. Just walk out from head to toe. Do the full show with the helmet all the way down to the boots. Just bring it. If you guys haven't checked out Fly Racing, go to flyracing.com. And check it out. Do yourself a favor. It's good stuff. I like it. You should too. Racetech. Racetech Racetech.com. Go check them out. They want to get you on their suspension because why? It's pretty damn good. I have a Husqvarna with some uh, WP slash Racetech stuff going up on keyforringtesting.com. Of course, CRF450R. I recommend that. They have all different kinds of settings. Valving specs, engine specs, whatever you guys need, go check them out, racetech.com. I'm working on finishing the CRF 250R project that will be up because damn it, 2020 bikes are coming and I am lagging on that 250R. That's my fault. So go check them out, racetech.com. They do great work. And if you guys want possibly a discount, email me and I will set you guys up in the right direction. Pro Taper. Protaper.com, do yourself a favor. Try a set of Fusion Bars or Evo Bars and thank me later. I'm a big stickler when it comes to flex. I'm getting old. I need some comfort. But yet, you need some stiffness in the bar so they're not flexing all over hell when you're slamming into a corner. Go check them out. Protaper.com. And trust me, they are very good handlebars. I like them a lot. Okay? Okay. So here we are again, another week, another episode. Hopefully you guys are with me, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. This is a Monday, but we are here to talk about the 2020 KTM 450SXF. Some of you guys out there are going, oh, dude, I listen to the Husqvarna podcast. It's all good. I don't need to listen to this thing. It's the same bike. KTM and Husqvarna do not like that, so shame on you. It is not the same bike, and... I will give them this. They did something different in 2020. They, meaning KTM and Husqvarna, they went separate directions with suspension settings. So for those of you guys like a softer, cushy setting, Husqvarna suspension is that way. KTM went to a stiffer, firmer feeling that we'll talk about here on this podcast. But I will have their back in saying these bikes are probably... They probably feel the most different... In 2020 than they ever have before and we'll explain why here on this podcast so for those of you guys listening trying to decide on what to buy either a husqvarna or a ktm maybe we can break some of that down here to you guys on this podcast and try to set you guys in the right, the right direction so the things that they changed right away on the ktm it's the same things that husqvarna changed so we will say that is the same so a piston skirt changed no performance value in this. This is more of a a durability thing, possibly a freer feeling, um, freer feeling on the track. You know, uh, we will explain that. But that skirt change is more based for durability reasons. I had my factory edition, of course, that I still have, and my 2019 KTM. I never had any piston. Uh, problems. I mean, I ran the bike almost 60 hours and never changed a top end. So for those of you guys wondering when to do a top end in your bike, I ride fairly hard. I may not be the the gnarliest dude on a motorcycle, but I feel like I ride pretty hard. And if I can go 60 hours, I'm sure you guys out there can go 60 hours on a top end on your KTM. Look, if you have good oil, a.k.a. you can get some blood racing oil, which is a very good oil. Or, you know, you guys can just change that sucker. I change my oil every two to three engine hours. That may or may not be overkill, I know. And, of course, you guys out there listening, you guys know I get my oil for free. You guys may not have that privilege, so I get it. You don't have to change your engine oil every two hours, okay? Because that almost equals to every ride or two that you're changing out oil. Go four to five hours. I think that's a good baseline for you guys out there to, you know, normal guys that ride four to five engine hours, drop the oil, change it, and I feel like your engine will last longer. Do not go six, seven, eight hours. I see guys doing that. I hear guys doing that. That is no bueno. That oil will be dark, black, broken down, and does nothing for your engine. And then now you're going to be you know, screwing your top-end parts and your engine life is going to go down. So just make sure to stay up on your oil. That is very important. Very important, okay? So they did change the skirt. Like I said earlier, suspension changes proprietary to KTM and Husqvarna. They did change a little bit in the mid-valve area. And, of course, factory edition valving is very similar. So not much change in the valving portion, but mid-valve, tolerances and the mid valve itself has changed. ECU settings, map one is the same, map two is different. If you guys didn't listen to the Husqvarna podcast, they had a lot of the media testing guys out there to try ECU settings before the 2020s arrived to see if that was a direction that that was good. And I'm fairly certain that that is what happened. The things that we signed off on and concurred with Uh, With the R&D team over there, Casey Lytle and the guys, and of course, Austria, they went that direction for 2020. We will talk about MAP2 more when we get to the engine portion, but um, MAP2 is changed. MAP1 is the same as last year. 49 tooth rear sprocket, standard, of course. It is a better uh, gearing change, 1349 for recovery, to get you back into the meat. 1348 was just a little bit lazy, so... We all know about. If you guys are listening to this, I did that to my bikes. If you guys aren't going to a fourteen fifty two gearing ratio, thirteen forty nine stock gearing is very good. Don't stress on that, and uh, that is a a welcome change to this bike. Okay, so let's just break it down real quick. And I, and I and I want to do on this podcast is I also want to hit something. I want to tell you guys what the KTM feels like, but then I also want to hit on how it compares to the Husqvarna because that's what that's the emails I'll be getting is like Kiefer, what about the the engine? What about the suspension? So listen to this podcast and I will break the two down and you guys can decide out there which uh suspension, chassis, engine delivery is better for you guys out there between the two. Because there are distinct differences between the bike. No matter what you guys think out there. And if you're but you're sitting next to your buddy going, Kiefer's on crack, he's bullshit, look at I'm steering you in the right direction. I'm telling you guys what's up. I spent a shit ton of time on the Husqvarna during vacation. I spent an adequate amount of time on this KTM before this podcast. So um, I'm going to try to steer you guys in the right direction for a purchase, if not just for your own peace of mind. Okay? Engine performance, guys. So right off the bat, uh, I'll compare it to last year's bike. Engine performance is slightly freer feeling. It's not a huge difference, but you will know you will notice a little less dragging feeling um, on that uh, decel portion. You're coming into a corner, you don't get as much pitching. So that is the thing that I noticed first right away. Just slight amount of less engine braking. Again, lots of time on my factory edition. And going to this 2020, that's the thing I noticed right away. The second thing I noticed is, again, it could be gearing, could be this, this skirt change. But I did notice just a little bit extra. Um, actually, it could change. the. I didn't mention this as well. The side cover has holes in it. There's an option. You have a cover with no holes, and you have a cover with several holes on the left side cover. So sorry, I forgot to mention that. So it could be this where it just has a little bit more RPM response than last year's bike. It's not a huge amount. It's not like something you're going to get on like, oh, my God, it feels like Yamaha. So much throttle response and and snap. It still has that KTM-esque feel, that delivery, but with just a little bit more RPM response. And I think that has something to do with that skirt slash side cover change. Those are the two things I noticed right away. I am going to say this. The KTM is... it's tough for me to say the best engine. I like a lot of engine characters in this class, but I will say this engine fits me and my riding style best in um, the last couple years. And I explained this to guys at the track and, and over email is, look, I like to have a character that is very smooth and linear, but also have some RPM response where it makes the bike feel light. You get a bike that is too smooth and too linear, then it just feels heavy and lazy, and I do not like that. Look, when I was racing Paula in Hangtown, I was trying to slow my Honda down because, frankly, it was too much. It was very fun to ride in the morning and, and exciting to ride, but, man, when the track got rough, I simply just couldn't hang on to it. It was too gnarly. It was too fast, too too aggressive. And this KTM, man, it suits my style. Like, I would not touch the engine... if. If someone said, Kiefer, I'm not going to get ignition for you. You're just going to run this thing stock all year. I'd be, I'd be stoked on the engine character of this 2020. It builds RPMs pretty calculated. It's, it's not gnarly off the bottom, but it's deceiving. We've talked about this in other podcasts. It builds the RPMs calculated and just keeps pulling. It's very seamless, very connected to the rear wheel. I've heard other test riders from other manufacturers say the same thing. Look, those guys are really trying hard to make their bike connected and linear like a KTM. I know from experience that in the past we've tried to get that type of character and power out of other machines. And this is simply what this KTM does really well. It's not hard to ride. It it pleases a wide range of riders. If you're a gnarly dude and super aggressive and you just want tons of hit then yeah, maybe this engine character isn't the right type of character for you. But I would say 90% of the people listening to this podcast, maybe even 95%, this engine is fast enough, does everything the right way, where you feel confident in rolling your corners faster than you ever have before. I've let a couple people close to me ride a KTM the, the last couple of years coming from a different bike and they couldn't believe the first thing they noticed is like, man, it's not very fast. And then they go, but man, I can just rip corners so easy. Well, yeah, that has something to do with the chassis, but also how the engine has a light free revving feel doesn't pitch and just so easy and so connected to get you on the throttle sooner through corners. That's how this engine is. There's not a huge amount of difference between 2019 and 2020, just a slight free revving feel that recovers just a little bit quicker. And you guys can get that out of your 2019 with the ECU setting because in 2019, that ECU setting wasn't the best setting. It was rich off bottom, lean up top. So getting it remapped by Chad or Jamie, Jamie at Twisted, Chad at XPR, they have Better maps for your stock ECU that'll get you this 2020 feel. So just know that. Uh, so how does the total package feel engine performance wise with the with the map change? So look at map one. I would say yeah, it's okay. It's uh, like I said, it describes this bike um, linear uh, linear field down low, builds RPMs, calculated, and, and pulls strong up top. Map number two. Gives you a little bit more pop down low. And what I mean by pop is it gives you a little bit more snap RPM response out of corner. So if you guys are really wanting to hop over some bumps right out of a corner, map two is very good. It will, to me, sign off a little bit earlier on top end than map one. But everything up to that point, it builds RPMs better, quicker, faster, more exciting. So to me, that's where I'm at. of the time around SoCal tracks is map number two. Traction control. Don't be scared to try it. It actually works. Map two. I've said this before in other podcasts. Map two with TC is awesome. 2.30, 3 o'clock. Dude, fun. Traction. Makes the bike feel heavier from the pivot bolt back. I guess for some of you guys out there listening to this, it's hard to explain So what I mean by heavier from pivot bolt back is I still have a nice steering feel up front. But with that TC on and map two, I just feel like that rear end gets a little bit more dead feeling, planted, and doesn't move as much with TC. And you feel that also when you jump. So when I take off of a jump, it's not as reactive. So you will have to adjust maybe a little bit of your riding style when you have TC on and jumping. It doesn't like pitch you over the bars or do anything stupid. It's just a different type of feeling where it's super dead up faces a jump, so you'll have to compensate a little bit on your riding style to do that. but if you're in Europe and you're listening to this and you got those hard pack tracks in Italy and alcabi t c with map two it it'll be really it's it'll be a weapon of choice if you're racing in those conditions back there it's it's very good. I turn that thing on when I go out to my tracks here locally right outside my shop here is Uh, Obviously, it's summertime in California. Hard pack, loose, sand on top, underneath um, hard pack. Map 2, TC, very usable, nice feel. And don't be scared to put it on. Um, This isn't a a Who Has the Bigger Dick uh, podcast. This is what gets you down the track the fastest, the safest. And don't be scared to have that TC light on. If your buddies make fun of you, tell them to suck it. It works. And then as you roll by them in a corner and you pull away... Just wave and say thank you, Kiefer. That's all we want. Okay, thank you. So engine performance again. Let's rate that against the Husky, the 2020 Husqvarna. Husqvarna does feel a little bit more lethargic bottom to mid range compared to the KTM. The KTM has a little bit more of an exciting feel as well. It has more holes. The KTM has more holes on the left side than the Husqvarna. Of course, you guys can do that yourselves. You can make more holes. Also, muffler is different between KTM and Husqvarna, and I think the KTM muffler is a little bit better for RPM response. So just know if you want a little smoother feeling, a little bit more friendlier feeling, and if you're like, hey, for, I don't know if I need to go to a 350 or a 450, Husqvarna is great because it doesn't have that gnarly hit, and it's easy for you to manage. The KTM is a little bit more of a hit, um, especially bottom to mid, and I would say top end over rev is equal uh, between the Husqvarna and the KTM. Map 2 on a Husqvarna is actually just not as exciting as a KTM, but I still like both bikes. Um, if you ask me what engine I would prefer, of course I would prefer a KTM because it's just a little bit powerful, uh, more powerful, yet keeping rear wheel traction. I like that. Uh, that's one of the characters I look for. Kind of like when I'm looking for a woman, I look for blonde, big boobs, blue eyes. Hence, my wife, Heather. That's kind of been my MO for a long time. Before Heather, I had another Heather that had blonde, big boobs, blue eyes. You guys know what I'm talking about. I like a fast, connected feel. So there you go. I wanted to relate it to some of you guys out there that know what I'm talking about. And of course, what else better to talk about than women and to compare bikes to? That's a great podcast. We just start a podcast with that. Women and dirt bikes. God, that'd be a hit. I'd probably get more downloads if I just did that. So that's either here nor there. We're going to move it along before I get off track too much. Suspension. AER fork. Man, this is a, a thing we've been talking about for so long. How I like the performance of a cone valve slash stock spring fork. I can't say stock because... That doesn't exist in KTM, Husqvarna world, right? A cone valve does. I will say this. The new settings, uh, the mid-valve, and 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 it does have a little bit more holdup, a slightly more comfort at the beginning of the stroke. It's not huge, guys, okay? For an average guy that's going out weekend warrior, there's nothing wrong with this fork. Uh, You still have good front-end traction. I don't want you guys out there listening to say, Oh, I got an AER fork, I'm not going to be able to corner, it doesn't have traction. It does have traction. You can push it, you can lean to it. I just like a little bit heavier of a feeling front end, uh, and the cone valve spring fork does that for me. In stock form, um, the AER holds up fairly well. I have stock air pressure, of course, and uh, I only clicked around a few. We're going to do a different podcast with some settings here coming up, but as of right now, I just kind of played with what I had. Stock air pressure is always... I'm usually always around stock air pressure settings because I'm 170 pounds, and I don't like a very firm-feeling fork. Again, front-end traction rules for me, so I want the fork to move. But again, it is an air fork, right? So it does change over the course of the day. It doesn't ever just stay the same. You might have a good setting... Early in the morning, as the track gets worse, it will feel different. I also know that between air forks and and spring forks, air forks seem to fade under heat a little bit more. Uh, I note especially when I push a longer moto, and of course it's hotter outside. And yes, ambient air temperature does do stuff to things that normally in the wintertime it doesn't. So it will fade a little bit and kind of go away and feel softer over the course of a longer moto. But for the average guy, guys, and the settings that they come with, come up with, it's, it's, fairly, it's fairly comfortable. I will, I'm not going to dare to say it's a great fork. It is definitely not the worst fork in the market right now. It's still not as good as a, let's just say, a KX250 now. KYB Spring Fork or a Yamaha SSS Fork, but it's in the mix after that. It's third, you know, fourth place. Bottoming resistance is fine. I have no problem with bottoming. Mid-stroke comfort has come a long way since this fork's inception. Man, before mid-stroke harshness was really apparent. Now, not so much anymore, but the movement of of that fork is freer feeling, but I still feel like consistency is a problem for me. And then as the moto goes on, as the day goes on, the fork does gradually get a little bit harsher on breaking bumps and uh, small bump absorption. You will notice like it's just kind of like a pie. Think of it as your mom taking a pie out of the oven. She goes to cut it and all of that crust is very soft and nice feeling. The, the knife goes through it like butter, and she serves it to you, and you eat it, and soft and warm and good. That's kind of like the beginning of the AER fork when you're on the track initially. And then let's say later on the day, you go, to, you go back to eat that pie. That crust is harder. It's hard to get your fork through the whole thing. That's similar to the AER fork. Consider that AER fork like your mom's apple pie. As the day goes on, that crust gets harder and harder. At the beginning, it's soft. It moves. It's nice. So that's what I can like relate that to you. Okay. The shock, honestly, dude, I've had never had a problem with a WP rear shock. It's always been pretty good. For those of you guys out there that email me and say, hey, should I go with a cone valve uh, fork and a tracks shock? That's up to you guys if you have money. There is a little bit more performance with the tracks, but... That stock shock is pretty good. There's nothing wrong with going with the stock shock revalve if you guys need to do that. It's a dead feeling shock. Uh, it moves slow in the stroke, so the bike never does anything side to side. I never really get a lot, a lot side to uh, a lot of a of a side to side movement. I want to say, especially acceleration. It does squat a little bit of acceleration, which is nice. I run a hundred. Actually, I started with a hundred and five. Rounded off about 104 millimeters of sag. And the balance of the bike is fairly good. There's not a lot of pitching. Again, thankful for that engine feel. But also, if you guys do find yourself getting a little bit more of pitching, diving sensation, go up 0.1 bar. Okay? If you're at a 10.5, you know, bar, go up 10.6. That'll help a little bit. Um... But the shock's fairly good. I I was going to go slow the rebound down. I tried that. I didn't like it because the back end felt a little bit too slow and then created more of a a rigid feel in that rear. So I went back to stock. I did notice that under loads and high speed things that it kind of was empty at the end stroke. That was the same character of that shock last year. So going an eighth in on high speed to a quarter helps that hold up a little bit. And if you guys want to, if you guys notice that it's a little bit stiffer feeling, go back one or two on your low-speed compression, and that'll kind of help even things out. So I went in an eighth-speed on, uh, on a high-speed, sorry, and left the low-speed compression alone as well as rebound and found a fairly good balance. Again, I rode it from here, rough track, dry, and, of course, milestone, not very rough, but tacky to kind of get a feel of it, and that's what I felt was the best direction. Comparing to the Husqvarna, Husqvarna suspension is much softer, moves more in the stroke, and honestly, it's just plain too soft for me. It bottoms a lot. I took it on vacation with me to several tracks in Colorado, and landing off jumps at bottoms, going up faces of jumps it bottomed, and it was just tough to dial in from stock settings, so I had to go up on air pressure and stiffer in the rear. Um, I even went stiffer on the shock, 3 low speed and a quarter of high speed and to get that rear shock to hold up the KTM will hold up more i think it's built for faster a little bit heavier riders again if uh if the suspension is a number 3 on a Husqvarna i would say KTM suspension is a 3.25 noticeable change notable noticeable difference holds up more built for faster guys i like the setting more on the KTM than I do on the Husqvarna. But, again, older riders, cushy guys, you're going to like a Husqvarna feeling because it actually moves in the stroke and feels better on that small bump absorption that some of you guys may be looking to get. All right? So that's the differences between the suspension. I don't say that KTM made leaps and bounds. It didn't go leaps and bounds better from 2019 to 2020. It's just small differences, a little bit here and there, but nothing major. I'm like, yeah, this stuff's way better. Yes, it's that time. Don't change it. Commercials are key to saving you money. These commercials, listen in. Thank you. Thanks to the guys over at Six D Helmets. That's right, they are on board with the com. Kiefer Tested Podcast. We thank them for joining us. You have a street bike a dirt bike, or do you pedal? You have a mountain bike. Head over to 60helmets.com. Check out the full line of helmets they offer. I'm sure they have a helmet for you. Hey, I get questions all the time. Kiefer, what helmet would you choose if you could pick one to buy? If you're going to spend your own money, Kiefer, where are you going? While there are a lot of helmets that are safe out there, okay, I do feel the safest in a 60 helmet. I've had many crashes in my ATR1. I've had a couple in my ATR2, and it has done its job. It's advanced ODS technology. It's race-proven, I'm telling you guys. And it's light, the new ATR2. It comes in at 1,480 grams. It's fully rebuildable. Very cool colorways. I trust the guys over at 6D Helmets. Maybe you guys should too. Hit me up over at Chris at Maybe get a special discount code if you want to get a 6D. So, please, guys, go check them out. 60 helmets, hit me up. Tell me how you like yours. And if you don't have one, maybe go get one. Thanks, 60. Have you guys checked out bloodlubricants.com? If you haven't, B L U D lubricants.com. Go check them out. Three new series of oils Blood Power Sports series, the Blood Racing Pro series, and the Blood Racing Pro Elite series. I have Michael Allen here with me. We've been doing two different types of oils. In our test bike, Mike has been doing the Blood Power Sport Series. Everything going good there? Everything's going good. I use it in all our test bikes, the ones that I prep and maintain. And uh, it runs a little cooler than production oils. And uh, I know you've done some testing with that. Yeah, so basically before Jeff and the guys came on board, I had to check legitimacy of this stuff because um, I didn't want no crap involved in keyfring testing. Um, honestly, tried it. Was very surprised about the oil. Did some temperature readings. It was little over 30 degrees cooler in my YZ450F compared to some other oils I've been running. So the stuff is good. They sponsor over 250 racers from Enduro, Enduro Cross, Hair Scrambles, UTVs, Supercross now. they got some Supercross guys. So go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Use the discount code KEEFER and get some percentage off your oils. They'll ship them to you. Probably get a hat or two. You know, Jeff's a good dude. Go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. The one thing that bums me out about racing moto is waiting around all day just to do two or four motos. I don't want to be sitting at the track all day and have three hours in between my motos. Well, you know what? Old Timers Association has been around a long time, and the guys from Oregon Old Timers have come on board with this podcast and want me to talk to you about their series. Very cool series. I've raced them before. They have 20 minute motos, long motos. Usually you're done by three o'clock, you're in and out, you get to race. Go home, finish your chores, spend time with your family, go do stuff with your wife, whatever it is. It's a fun, family-filled environment there. They have races all over. It's not just in Oregon. They have races in California, Glen Helen, Montana, Richland, Washington. They go to Hangtown. They go to Washington again in Washougal, which is very cool. And, of course, they go to British Columbia, Boise, Idaho, even Edmonton, Canada, and Fernley, Nevada. You can check out the series at OregonOldTimers.com. And you will even see me at a couple rounds this year. So check them out. ScreenPrintingDone.com You guys looking to make up some shirts, hoodies, or hats with a logo on it? Or maybe you want a logo made up for your business and you want to transfer that over to some t-shirts? Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com Neil over there is a writer. He owns the company. He is a rad human being. And he is here to hook you guys up. Order 12 shirts and get 10 for free. They have all different kinds of shirts, hoodies, hats, different fabrics, all different kinds of stuff. Go hit them up, ScreenPrintingDone.com. Tell them Kiefer sent you and get 10 free shirts. Be sure to say Kiefer. That's right, Kiefer and ScreenPrintingDone.com. Go check them out. Thanks, Neil. Hey, Heather. Hey, Chris. Did you know that every two-stroke KTM and Husqvarna come with a Vertex piston in the engine from the factory? No, I did not. 65 years ago, Vertex piston was founded in a small technical workshop in northern Italy. Today, because of the renowned reputation for exceptional quality, Vertex is an OEM supplier to KTM, Husqvarna, and more exotic brands like Beta, Gas Gas, and TM. No matter which brand of bike you ride with, when it's time to go ride or time to rebuild your top end... Vertex Pistons will have your engine performing better than new. To see their full range of two-stroke and four-stroke pistons in replica, high compression, or GP-style configurations, visit them at vertexpistons.com or stop in your local dealer and ask for a Vertex Piston Kit today. And if you guys want a discount code, hit me up, chris, at keeferringtesting.com, and I've got one for you. Save some money. vertexpistons.com Do yourself a favor, go to fmfracing.com, punch in the bike that you ride, look and see what they offer you, get a muffler system. They have quality parts. They do it right. Check them out, fmfracing.com. And, of course, this podcast is tailor-made for FMF Racing. I use FMF products on all of my KTMs and Husqvarna's. So go check them out, fmfracing.com. If you have any questions about their products, you know it. Chris at kieferringtesting.com and I will get you dialed in. Thanks, FMF. Hey, guess what? You made it through. Congratulations. (laughs) Woo! We're back to the show. Thank you for listening to the commercials. Chassis, again, not a lot of changes. Actually, zero changes from last year. The frame is the same. It corners great, guys. If you guys want a light-feeling bike, you guys want to learn how to corner better, you guys want a bike that helps you do that, KTM will make you a better cornering rider. Um, I left the fork. I forgot to mention this. I left the fork on the third line. So stock, you know, it reminded me on the cornering ability. Stock, uh, fork height settings, the third line, leave that there. But this thing lays into the corners nice. You can start your lean early. It sticks through the mid-transition mid, cor- mid transition of the corner and exits really nice. I can corner better on this thing than any other bike as of right now, I haven't rode the 2020 Yamaha. I've heard that has cornering uh, ability that has increased. But as of right now, this KTM simply just does it for me because I have enough RPM response where I, I can roll that throttle on and it sticks, that chassis feels light, it has lots of traction, and lets me corner quick. When I see guys that um, when I bring guys to the track that know how I ride, They're like, dude, you corner so much better on a KTM than you do other bikes just simply because I have more feeling um, in that chassis when I come into a corner. And it takes less effort for me to corner that son of a bitch around the track. It's just super easy. And usually when you get a bike that corners very good, you get a a bike that's not very stable on high-speed stuff. This isn't the most stable machine for high-speed stuff, but it isn't the worst. So I have one of the best cornering machines in a KTM and then a a very good, not the best, but a very good straight-line stability machine. I'll take that any day. I like a stable machine. I will take less cornering at times to get a stable machine, but if I can get a mixed bag of both, dude, that's a dream. And this chassis simply does that for me. There are some things that we will talk about to get a little bit more stability. Um, we will have some. VI, where I'm creating a new show. And I didn't want to n- blow this out on this show. But since we're talking about it. I'm creating a new show. Where we call it a, a VIP setting show. Where I go over each nook and cranny of the bike. And try to help this bike. To make it better for you. So there is a Husqvarna KTM. VIP setting show. Coming to you guys in a week or two. And uh, I've. Stumbled across something that helps uh, stability and on-throttle lean and give you guys a little bit more of that without sacrificing, sacrificing cornering ability. So look for that show soon. But in stock form, this thing is great. A lot of guys talk to me about vibration. Hey, man, this chassis, does it vibrate a lot? Yes. Compared to an aluminum frame bike, you will get a little bit more vibration to the handlebars if you go with the different handlebars and take those... Stock piece of shit bars off the KTM, such as a pro taper, you will notice less vibration and increased flex. So that's one of the things I would do right away. If you guys like that bar bend, I get it. Go with a pro taper. They have some stuff that is fairly close to that, especially in an Evo bend. An Evo bend is not a crossbar type bar. I've been running a crossbar lately on my factory edition and I like it. But Simply put, that neck and bar vibrates and uh, more than any other bar out there and doesn't flex as good. So just know that. As far as chassis comparison for Husqvarna and KTM, I would say KTM is just a little bit better initial lean and mid-corner. Not because of the chassis, but because of the engine feeling. I get a little bit more RPM response, a little bit more connectivity with the KTM versus the Husqvarna. So it does corner for me a little better. I find it... The Husqvarna initial lean is fine, but mid-corner maybe slight, just slight heavy feel because of just a little bit of less RPM response down low. Now, of course, I've, me being me, I stuck a, a Vortex ECU on my Husqvarna when I was in Colorado, and it made a huge difference and improved cornering ability, and it did all kinds of things better than that stock ECU. But that is a pretty penny and about seven, eight hundred dollars. So not all of you are going to go that direction. But simply put, KTM is a great cornering bike. A little bit better than the Husqvarna. And uh, I feel like having these Dunlop MX3S tires for one more year is only helping all of us out there. Or maybe it's actually hurting us because in 2021, I feel like, well, I know, none of these bikes will have that tire on there. We're going to be going to an MX33. You guys know I've been very vocal about how i Dislike the front tire um, of the MX-33. I don't like that tire on lean. So uh, I'm glad that MX-3S is still come on the KTM. I like that. It feels nice. Um, Just bits and pieces of the bike. You know, same thing as the 2019. There's not a lot of grip on the KTM seat. Um, The factory edition seat is too much. That'll rip your asshole open. The stock seat is basically not much grip. Um, You'll slide around. So best thing to do is hit up Andy at Guts. Uh, No, he doesn't advertise, but I just like his stuff. He has a ton of seat covers that are pleated and that will not eat up your ass, but still give you some traction. So that's one of the things I would do. Of course, getting that rear axle kit from Works Connection or Ride Engineering will help that free up the rear end feeling a little bit more and give you some added rear wheel traction on hard pack. I do like that modification. It's up to you guys out there going to a 1452 or not. I could go either way. 1452 will help a little bit second to third gear transition. Just a small amount to get you in that third gear sooner. 1452 will help that a little. But 1349 gives you a little bit more recovery, a little stab of the clutch, and you're back in the meat. And there's nothing wrong with that gearing right there. Uh, We talked about, of course, the handlebars. You can change that. And last but certainly not least, let's talk about, we get a lot of this, uh, chains. I went through DID chains are good. Firepower chains are good. Those are the two that I've been running. If you guys are changing gearing, those are the things that you will want. And having a long-lasting chain is key to uh, not having to worry about breaking one or, or or changing every six to eight hours. So, D I D E R T two or Firepower. Those sim- those are really good chains, non O ring chains, of course. Uh, if you guys are looking for O ring chains, same brand, they both make them, and you guys can venture off over there. And of course, if you guys are looking at getting a new bike, a KTM, go to Power Motorsports or email me. I can get you guys a sweet ass deal on a new bike. Trust me when I say it's a sweet ass deal because I'm probably gonna when I buy a bike, I'm gonna go through power myself because the deals are simply just that good. I know a lot of these guys on the that were buying Yamaha's were going from 89, 99 out the door. That's insane for a brand new bike. So you want to hook a homie up deal from Kiefer Inc. testing, email me. I will get you in contact with David at Power Motorsports, and he will get you the best deal. They yes, they do ship, so just know that doesn't matter where you are in the United States. They will ship, and you'll still probably get the best deal anywhere. So make sure you check out Power Motorsports. So I will be riding this thing more, getting you guys some more specs. Again, VIP setting shows are coming. Steel frame bikes. Man, you guys are going to be excited about this. There's some things that I stumbled across in Colorado that I thought – Looked a little bit weird that I tried, but actually worked really well on the track. So look for those shows. Those are exciting. Those will be brought to you by Husqvarna. And thank you to those guys for coming on the show and believing in this little VIP show that I'm going to be doing. Going to be fun. Going to be lots of information. It's going to help you guys out there to get your bike dialed in better. As well as, of course, you guys can email chris at keferinktesting.com and uh, we will work all of this out. Last question. I will address because I do get these questions as well. If I could save $2,000, Kiefer, should I just get a 2019? Yes, of course. The 2020 isn't that much better. Then I'm going to sit here and warrant you guys, dude, the 2020 is way better. Go get that bike. Save yourself some money, okay? And go buy a 2000, leftover new 2019. Do an ECU setting. And if you do get a hair up your ass, go get a Vortex from Jamie or Chad. And enjoy life because that is an amazing bike. Every time I walk out in my shop, I see the see that bike out there. Um, a muffler, FMF muffler and an ECU. The thing is so good to ride. I That is what a lot of these privateer guys are racing with in the nationals. That's how good it is. And they're getting 12th, 13th, 14th place. That's how good that bike is. It's just easy to ride. And almost everyone that I speak to racing these bikes that get off of another bike. You're like, dude, this thing is so fun slash easy to ride. They are. They're simply great machines. Um, KTM has come a long way in making that happen. So uh, I'm excited to ride these things more. And I'm excited to ride the 450 Shootout. It's going to be a fun year with Yamaha coming in with a new bike. Um, from what I hear from Travis, that it's very good. He kind of doesn't bullshit me on that. So uh, hopefully it lives up to what he's talking about. And it should be a a fun time riding all these bikes back to back. We probably have 450 shootouts in October. Most likely will be 250 shootouts first and uh, looking to go to Oklahoma for 450 shootouts to get some gnarly dirt traction ruts to change it up a little bit. I look forward to that. So uh, I don't think I have any heat from manufacturers this year and uh, I'm on the green flag so to speak to go wherever i want to go test so that's nice so thank you to the manufacturers for letting me do that all right guys you guys have any questions you guys know what to do we'll be back next week with a little bit of a different podcast that you guys should enjoy and also if you guys want any merch if you don't see it up on my website hit up heather at com. we still got boxes of stuff uh, i'm looking over there and right now we still got a lot of Keefer Testing Shirts, and we got a few hats. We got some things over there. So um, show the people around you that you listen to this podcast. You know, It helps us, support us, keeps this thing moving along. And, of course, supporting the advertisers helps huge. Thank you guys for doing that. I really appreciate that. And uh, we'll always give you guys the honest, no bullshit answers here on this podcast and on the website and on Pulp MX. So um, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week. See you guys.